Welcome. Thank you for joining us here on the CMAA Construction Leaders Podcast, where each episode will provide interviews with diverse perspectives, as well as trends that are affecting the construction and project management industry and beyond. You'll hear us cover a variety of topics such as the economy, ethics, leadership, innovation, diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as lessons learned. On behalf of CMAA, I'm your host, Nick Soto, alongside my colleague, Carly Trout. With CMAA's commitment to promoting education of construction managers, the mentor-mentee relationship is vital in inspiring and providing tools and knowledge to create the industry's future leaders. To help us drive this effort, CMAA launched the Emerging Leaders Program that is dedicated to help mentor and develop a select group of young professionals. The Emerging Leaders Program is designed to provide a robust association leadership and networking experience, as well as help prepare the participants to assume increasing roles and responsibilities within in their organization. On today's episode, we have the first CMAA ELP Emerging Leaders Group joining us to talk about navigating the construction industry as a young professional. Today, we have five individuals joining us from the ELP group. Uh, why don't we go ahead and start uh, with introductions? Christine? Hi, Nick. Thanks for having us here to speak today. My name is Christine Goins. I work for RKNK. I am based out of North Carolina, and I'm excited to have this conversation about our generation. Hi, Nick. Cody Bain, also excited to be here. I work for MVP. Uh, I work mainly in the uh, southwestern Virginia area and uh, really excited to be here. Hi, I'm Emily Gladstone. I'm a project manager with Whiting Turner based in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm excited to, to talk with this group today. Hi, guys. I'm Ram, based out of Dallas. I work as an analyst for McCarthy Buildings. Excited to be here. Hey everyone, my name is Craig Sweet. I'm a construction manager for Parametrics, and I'm uh, based out in Seattle. Happy to be here. Great. Well, thank you all for uh, joining us today. We really appreciate you being here, and we're looking forward to our conversation today. So since we're talking about the next generation of construction leaders, obviously a large portion of the emerging leaders are millennials, and we hear so much about millennials, their strengths, their weaknesses, different generalizations. To start off, I'm curious what you typically hear about your generation? And more importantly, do you agree with those generalizations? Christine, since you were the the first to be introduced, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Sure. Well, I'll preface it with, uh, I feel like I might be the older one in the crowd. So maybe towards more of the tail end of this generation, but still included within that, that window. And I think a lot of what is said about millennials, um, they're definitely positives. I'll hate to lead off with the negatives, but I think that's what comes to mind first in some capacities. Um, I think millennials are thought of as folks who are just ready to climb the ladder sometimes sooner than others think that we ought to. I know we'll talk about that here today, but um, that's something that we hear quite frequently and which we've had in discussions over the past year through ELP, especially related to this topic. You agree with that description then? I feel that our generation is definitely motivated And we are eager to pursue bigger and better opportunities within our careers. However, at least from my perspective, we don't want to jump through the rings of those ladders too quickly. I feel like I want to firmly grasp each level of that ladder before going to the next one. However, we do want to see that there is promise of opportunity that comes to us more quickly than perhaps past generations have experienced in their careers. So we're eager to move forward. And we're eager to learn in a quick manner. Sure, that makes total sense. Does anyone agree with that? Yeah, I think I kind of would echo what Christine's saying that, you know, we're eager to learn, eager to get after it. Uh, You know, we want to jump in 
you know, feet first into the deep end. But at the same time, we we want to know how to swim first before we jump in. So um, I think there's a lot that goes into that, you know, kind of just generalizing. People kind of see us wanting to come full speed ahead. But to Christine's point, you know, I think a lot of us really want to make sure that we're in good standing before we before we really try and take control over from the reins. Did you want to add to that, Cody? Sure. I, I wanted to point out that I think one of the reasons our generation is so eager is because we're facing some challenges as far as our career progression that aren't necessarily or haven't necessarily been faced by future generation. What I'm getting at is that the retirement age has gone further and further back to where we've got people now working up till they're 70 and even beyond. And so the challenge is in the past when you know that level of people started to retire, that allowed the opportunity for people to move up and take that next position. And then that kind of had a trickle down effect. And I feel like our generation is feeling a little bit of a ripple effect from that in that we're seeing this and like, wow, I'm going to, you know, to be the CEO or a vice president, I'm going to have to work till I'm 65. So that's where some of that eagerness comes from. And I think it's important to recognize that, not that we, you know, necessarily should be just given these opportunities out of, um, just for any reason, but other, we're looking at a mass retirement coming over the next couple of years and we're going to, the industry is going to move to being very bottom heavy. So finding the mid-level people and giving them the opportunities to get the experience and kind of move into some of those positions before people start retiring, I think is really important. And I think that's what drives a lot of the eagerness is that you're not seeing that early retirement that you used to see in some of the other generations. It's getting longer and longer and that makes us more difficult to uh, climb that ladder or maybe the ladder's just getting longer. I think that's a good point, Cody. Uh, what do you think about being put into those boxes that are, you know, millennial and Gen X's uh, that are, you know, sitting on this call and being judged so frequently by those people who are getting ready to retire, who are still learning to work with you guys and working with everybody in there and, you know, as things have changed so much and so dramatically, what do you think, Cody? You you want to be stuck in that box and being called a millennial? Oh, that's a that's an interesting question, Nick. Uh, no, I, I don't like to be in the box necessarily because I feel like it gives people some preconceived notions about what our skill sets are, what our attitudes are, uh, just because the world has changed so rapidly in the past 30 years with the internet, social media, phones. Now we've got AI coming on board and sensors and things like that. And I, I feel like our generation often gets categorized by that, sometimes rightly so. Let's admit it. There are some of us that, you know, check all of those boxes of always on their phone. They don't pick it up and make a call. They send a text. Uh, we're going to message you on Facebook Messenger, things like that. But I, I don't think it's fair to the other ones that, that are cognizant of those differences between generations and work to bridge it. I, I think there's a, a growing piece of our group that works to manage those preconceived notions that the other generations have. And it's something we got to work at. But the, the flip side to that is that sometimes because we have such a different attitude about how we might go about solving a problem, that can be a great, a great thing. Graham, I see you shaking your head. Is that uh, something you agree with? I completely agree with Cody. I mean, Millennials itself, I mean, I agree there are certain attributes. Uh, I'm happy to take it on. Like we are more tech savvy. We do care about the, not only projects, but also the, their impact on the community and the country economy to a larger extent. For example, climate change is a big thing for me. So I do see perspective like how this project is impacting. So there are a lot of positive attributes as a millennials, I agree, but I don't 
like like any other generation i don't feel to generalize uh, especially we as a out of box thinkers we don't want to be in any box it has a certain negative attributes and it definitely Uh, giving some preconceived notions and which actually impacting kinds of relationships and performance reviews so uh, i don't i mean i agree with the cody to a certain extent i we shouldn't be put in any we shouldn't be generalized emily now you're shaking your head so besides like your knowledge of technology what kind of other things do you think that your generation is going to bring to the table what kind of things should people be looking at for your generation to really take a hold of and and lead us to the future i think one of the skills of our generation is trying to be a little bit more open minded and being willing to solicit those diverse perspectives in the industry i know typically you think of that old season superintendent who says this is the way it's going to be done i whatever i say goes Um, but i think with our our younger generation there's a little bit more willingness to reach out to a, a wide variety of people and get their opinions and maybe there is a a better way to to solve a certain problem and the more minds the better since we've talked about the generation as a whole um you know let's dig a little deeper and talk about your your personal experiences and and working in the cm industry i'm curious what some of your expectations were um as you entered into uh, into the industry and and whether those held true. Craig, you want to start us off with this one? Sure, yeah. C- kind of coming into it, I you know, I went to school uh, for with an engineering de- for an engineering degree and kind of decided, "Oh, let's go the construction management route." But I still thought, you know, it was going to be a lot of um, you know, technical stuff, you know, a lot of math, a lot of excel, a lot of, you know, tech writing and that sort of thing. Um, you know, kind of solving problems similar to you would engineering-wise and it was just completely blown away that it's completely opposite of that. It's, it's very people driven, relationship driven communication, you know, those, those more soft skills that you, that you need to work on, you know, in those English classes you take in college that, you know, a lot of us, at least for myself speaking, didn't really like, but looking back on it now that, you know, those were the classes that I think definitely helped me grow and give me a lot of skills that I'm using today because it's, it's very, you know, relationship building with, you know, coming from the owner side and, you know, with the contractor, making sure that we've got an open line of communication with them to where we can feel comfortable coming to them with problems. And then also they can feel comfortable enough coming to us when they see, hey, we're going to have a problem here rather than contractor necessarily trying to hide things from the owner till the very last minute and kind of build that team aspect of it rather than kind of playing off against each other. So for me it was definitely a little eye opening to see how much more people and communication driven the industry was compared to what I thought that it was going to be a lot more technical wise. Yeah, Christine, have you found that to be the same? I have. Yes. So I when I started in college I um actually was studying political science and then I switched over to civil engineering and didn't know if I wanted to take a direction in the design field or in construction and found that I truly was most attracted to construction i just loved being on a job site i started off as a construction inspector on a, a large civil project heavy equipment lots of people lots of action every day and i just really fell in love with it but as an early career professional i did not know the paths available to me and there were many and there still are many so it's been interesting to see that i could have stayed on a very technical approach managed larger and larger projects with more technically challenging components or what i've kind of found myself moving towards is more of a management and almost even business development type role now which to craig's point is all about building relationships so whereas before i was building roads and bridges 
now I'm really focused on building those relationships and how does that build where not only my company is going and, and my team, but the industry as a whole, you know, speaking to Emily's point, incorporating diverse perspectives and people. It's just been so interesting to see when I started with the rough and gruff superintendents and I was the only woman on the construction site. And I had people say, well, don't even talk to me until you have your PE. And at that point, I didn't even know what a CCM was. So it's just been so fascinating to see that there are so many avenues and so many opportunities, and it really can be what your, what your interests and your personality draw you towards. And so it's, it's been a great career choice. Um, and I still have many, many years left in my career, so I'm sure it will continue to prove to be so. But yeah, there's a whole world out there that I didn't realize. And when you don't know what you don't know, it's hard to figure out how to uncover those. But CMAA and, and you know, interactions like this have really helped with that. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, the Construction Manager Certification Institute. Today's ANSI accredited certified construction manager brings professionalism to the project and provides leadership by unifying architects, general contractors, engineers, and facility managers to successfully complete the project. The CCM is familiar with the latest techniques and technologies of construction, from prefabrication to building information modeling. He or she thoroughly understands sustainable design and construction, how projects are financed, and how risks can be minimized and effectively shared. The certified construction manager is a communicator, a facilitator, a problem solver, a professional leader. Certified construction managers have the proven knowledge and experience to deliver all these values for every project. Make the CCM part of your strategy for success. For more information on the certified construction manager, please visit cmcertification.org. What kinds of things have you learned along the way? Let, give us some lessons learned from these projects that you're working on that you wish you would have known before. I will say that not everyone around you knows everything that they claim to know. So there was a time when I wouldn't speak until I was 100% certain about what I was saying. And I still like to do my homework and, and be diligent in preparing, but you have to stand up for what you're thinking. You have to put it out there. If you don't say it, no one else is going to say it for you. And it should be a conversation. So if there's something for me, what I've learned is if I'm not certain, find the ally that I can either bounce that off of or just put it out there and have the reason and learn from it. Because if you're on the sidelines, if you're not engaged, the learning opportunities aren't as strong as if you're fully in there and taking it hands on. So that's for me has been a big learning experience beyond all the nuances of construction and how do you build this and that. I mean, that, that comes with time and territory, but recognizing that everyone brings different skill sets and levels of understanding to a project, that's, that's been a big lesson learned for me. And Cody, I know you wanted to chime in. What, what is it that, that makes you tick? What, what are some, some things that you've learned? Well, Nick, it's interesting you ask that. I, I've had to rely on my soft skills and the relationship building, much like Christine was mentioned throughout my career, because I had a little bit more of a traditional or a non-traditional path entering the industry. My degree is actually in history. So I came in as an inspector trainee with really no technical training related to construction. And I thought I was really going to have to buckle down on my technical skills. And what I found is that, yes, that's important over time. You know, you need to know how to read plans, interpret specifications, look at a schedule, all of those important things that we do. But what I really found helping me succeed was my soft skills, that relationship building that, you know, if I could have a breakthrough. If I'm, I'm an inspector on a job and I can build a relationship with the superintendent, uh, that it would 
really enhance the delivery of that project, both inside the team, outside the team. And one of the other real lessons I learned is almost anybody on a job can teach you something. And some of the most interesting things I've learned kind of about the, the real nuts and bolts of how we go about building a project has come from talking to operators. Anybody that's been on a job knows that there's there's some operators out there that probably been doing it 20, 30 years. They're really good at what they do. They'll, if you ask them, they say, I don't want to be a foreman, just let me do it. But if you start asking them some questions, why are you doing something that way? Why are you running this piece of equipment? They've got some really good insight and you can really learn some things there. And if you can get them to start telling some war stories, you can find some, some real uh, nuggets of gold that can apply to you throughout your career. So that was something that uh, I learned and tried to apply that, you know, even some of these guys don't, I, I try not to look at them as, well, all I need to worry about is the foreman and the superintendent, the people I'm interacting with, maybe the project manager, the project engineer. Uh, as I'm out there amongst the job, the more I can build relationships, the better it's going to go just across the board. And the other thing is that, you know, just giving someone a compliment, a, an attaboy, that's a good job, uh, goes a long way towards building relationships and Oftentimes, if you say, hey, man, you did a heck of a job doing that, I'm really glad we had you or the contractor chose to have you in this position because I've always done owner's rep services. Uh, oftentimes, those people will then try hard to continue to please you and get that commendation that you're giving them, even if it's just you know, a couple sentence, simple sentences. So I guess my lessons learned summed up are you know, talk to the people on the job. Everybody's got something to teach you and don't be afraid to tell someone when they do a good job. That's great advice. You know, one of the things I, I've heard both you and Christine say is, you know, talking about some designations and things, your backgrounds. So you're a history major. And I know, Christine, you talk about they wouldn't even talk to you if you weren't a PE. Well, you all have different designations. And I find it very interesting that your background is in history. And I'm wondering what got you down that path of becoming a construction manager? Because now you're a certified construction manager, and I know several of you are CMITs or PEs uh, along this route. So uh, why don't you give a little insight? So your background is history, and then how is it you became to get into construction? And then I want to hear from uh, Emily Ram and Craig as well on, on their path. All right. Well, Nick, uh, it was interesting. When I graduated from college in 2011 with my degree in history, I was under the impression that the bare fact that the fact that I had a college degree would open doors for me just across the workforce. I could walk into a management job pretty much anywhere I wanted. So I sent some applications in uh, shortly after I graduated and I didn't get an interview even at uh, the local tractor supply. I didn't get an interview for that assistant uh, manager position. I grew up in a rural background, so I was working for some farmers at the time, you know, just basically doing manual labor, farmhand. Started working for a traffic control company at night, going out on the interstate, setting lane closures, that sort of thing. And as it turned out, about a year after that, my supervisor at the time had retired from uh, VDOT, Virginia Department of Transportation, and MVP came around and recruited him. He put in a good word for me. He says, hey, I've got this guy doesn't really have any skills other than knows traffic control, but he's pretty smart, would you consider hiring him? So he kind of stuck his neck out for me and uh, MVP took a chance on me, hired me as a trainee. And like I said, here I am 10 years later, I got my CCM and I seem to be doing pretty well for myself. That's great. Emily, let's hear a little bit about what got you into the construction management industry. Sure. So I think my path may have been a little bit more traditional than Cody's, but I think that my interest in construction actually started when I was a young kid, almost four or five years old. 
Uh, my grandfather retired and decided he was going to design and then have the whole family help build his house. So growing up, I thought that was really cool. I always wanted to be an architect. Um, and then as I progressed into high school, I got more interested in math and science classes and decided that I'd want to study engineering in college. Um, so I studied civil engineering and I tried an internship both in design and in construction. So no offense to the designers out there, but I just I just couldn't sit behind a screen all day and flip through the books and crunch numbers. I, I found being out in the field to be a lot more dynamic and interesting. So I decided to pursue um, construction management and work for a general contractor. And I've loved it every day since. Craig, what do you think? What did you, where'd you come from? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, it's uh, kind of pretty similar to Emily. Um, I grew up in a kind of engineering family. My dad, his sister, and their dad, all civil engineers. Um, my dad, growing up, had worked for the Port of Seattle as a construction manager. So I grew up, you know, coming into work every year on the bring your kid to work day, checking out the project sites, getting to see all the cool stuff he was building. Fun. The best part for me was he was building uh, the new central terminal out at SeaTac Airport, and they had all the brand new restaurants opening up. And so I got to go, go taste all the free food at the new restaurants. So as a you know, 11, 12 year old kid, that's pretty awesome to me. Uh, yeah, just kind of growing up around the projects. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, decided to say, you know, I'm not really too sure if I want to do kind of the design or construction management route. So I figured out oh, I'll just do civil engineering. I can kind of decide as I go through it. And uh, yeah, similar to Emily, as soon as I kind of got through a couple classes, realized uh, being a designer was going to be stuck behind a desk for most of my days, or I could go the construction route and spend my days outside. Um, I decided that was that was it for me. I, I love being outside, love being around the work. Um, uh, you know, similar to Cody, love just talking to the guys in the field. I feel like, you know, in most of the, the world, you know, the construction blue collar guys gets kind of a bad, bad rep. And but man, you start talking to some of those guys and they're just a wealth of knowledge and, and, and can learn so much from them. And, and for me, it's been just great to, to lean on them. So yeah, pretty, uh, pretty family-oriented background uh, leading me down the path. So happy to continue on the legacy. Ram, last but not least, tell us a little bit about your background. Nick, uh, my background is a little traditional compared to Cody. Uh, I'm from originally from India. There are no engineers in my family. So, uh, but the biggest source of inspiration is Taj Mahal. It is just like at five miles from my place. I can whenever I just go out, I can see this beautiful architectural piece. So it always made me uh, to be a designer. So I went to uh, school and got, got my architectural degree. It's kind of boring and I should go out in, more, more in the field. So I came to US to get my grad degree in construction management, uh, did an internship with McCarthy, then got a full time with them, been field for the last three years. Well, it's been a pleasure to get to know you guys throughout this podcast. And I, I believe we have a lot more I want to dig into you guys. Would you guys be open to joining us for episode three of this podcast? And we'll dig into a little bit more about uh, some things you see as uh, opportunities for improvement for the industry and perhaps some things that some of the supervisors and the, that generation you talked about retiring can do to better work with you and uh, enhance things. I'd like to dig into that a little bit and get you guys back here for episode three. What do you think? Sounds good. Sounds great. Sounds good. I'm super excited. 
Wonderful. Then we will look forward to episode three, where we'll continue our conversation with the Emerging Leaders Group about navigating the construction industry as a young professional. They'll continue giving us their perspectives and experiences on the profession of construction management through the eyes of an early career professional. Make sure to download and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at CMA underscore HQ. On behalf of CMAA, I'm Nick Soto with Carly Trout. Thank you for listening.